Hello, and welcome to Teaching Together, the Complete Mathematics Podcast. On this podcast, we talk through a single objective in detail in order to make our teaching of the chosen idea more impactful. I'm Dave Taylor, and today we're going to be talking about volume of cuboids with my Complete Maths colleague, Johnny Hall. Oh. You can follow along at home by heading to completemaths.com forward slash podcast to download the slide deck of tasks from today's episode. And volume of cuboids is from Unit 12 of Stage 5 of the Complete Mathematics Curriculum. You can access this objective and the whole curricula made up of 1,800 objectives at completemaths.com for free. And without further ado, let's dive into Teach, Do, Practice, Behave with Volume of Cuboids. Before we teach pupils a new idea, there is one important question to consider. Are we doing the right maths at the right level? If we're not and it's too easy, we run the risk of boring pupils. But if it's too hard, we run the risk of developing the idea that maths isn't for everyone. And we know that everyone can learn maths well. We can check that we're doing the right level of maths by assessing prerequisite knowledge. Johnny, what's a prerequisite knowledge for volume of cuboids? Okay, so... um. If you're doing volume of cuboids, then essentially you really hope that students have come across the idea of, of volume beforehand. So if you look at slides three and I guess slides four on the task, they're, they're, they're two very similar tasks, both from Don Stewart. And they all give the idea of that when, you, when you're finding volume of something, the, the whole idea is that you're counting cubes in the first instance. Before you start looking at the more complicated prisms and stuff like that. But if you look at that first task there, you, you're asked how many, how many cubes make up the shape. And then linking it to volume of cuboids, how many more cubes would you need to fill the box? And I really like it because it's 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 edging in towards volume of cuboids, but it also allows an opportunity to get your multi-link cubes out as well. And, and for pupils to really get this understanding of, of what volume is and then how we might potentially start linking it to volume of cuboids. Nice. I, I really do like slides three and four. And um, what I have in my classroom is I've got these foam blocks they look a bit like a cube. They're not exactly a cube, but they give the right idea of working out what volume is. And so I'll I'll set up a a solid on my on my teacher's desk out of these foam blocks, and I'll ask mm. the kids to tell me the volume of it. And then what I'll do is I'll just take a couple away. I'll ask them what the volume is now, and then I'll add a couple more to it and I'll ask them what the volume is then. So I'm really getting the idea that volume is just the number of cubes inside a shape. Yeah, and I think we need to be, yeah, I mean, the whole point of doing these tasks, I think, is to make sure that students don't fall in, into the trap of just thinking volume of a cuboid is just times three lengths together. We we want them to have a real good understanding of what volume is, and so they're not tempted later down the line just to take these shortcuts. Oh, there's three three lengths, that's multiplying together. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, so three and four, they're both done steward activities? Yep. Great, and on slide five, there's the the final ready slide what, what are we saying about this well this is kind of like me sort of almost moving from ready into the actual teach bit because at this stage i'm giving him this cuboid this image of a cuboid and i'm asking him how many cubes are needed single cubes to make it and then you'll have maybe some proportion of the class counting the cubes and then what you'll naturally see is that students start sort of generating their more, their more efficient ways of doing it they might count all the top layer and then just say you double it. And then I might probe a little bit deeper. Then, oh, so how did you count the top layer? Did you go one, two, three, four, five, six? Or could you count the top layer faster, maybe? 
oh, we could have done three times five. Oh, that's 15 for the top layer. And then double it to get 30 for your bottom layer. And then what you're essentially doing is moving from the prerequisite stage and transitioning into a more formal sort of way of calculating the volume of the cuboid. And students will start to realise there are more efficient ways to do it. Yeah, I think that this is what I'd, I'd call bridging. Right. So we've got this idea of volume of cuboids today. And in the teach phase, we're not expecting them to be able to calculate volume of cuboid. This is supposed to be entirely novel to them, but only just beyond their current level of understanding. I mean, what we've got at the moment is people should be able to count cubes to work out volume. Mm. So we're going to share some key facts and use metaphor and model to explain and describe so that pupils can meaning make and form connections between those cubes and this, this new method for, for calculating volume of a cuboid. And on side six, on the accompanying side deck, you can see that there are two cuboids that have been put together and they're literally being, being built. Um, so if you follow the animations through, the cuboid on the left is built from cubes. And so the animations show the cubes being there, the dimensions being drawn around it, and then the dimensions being annotated um, with their lengths. And then the second one, gives the cuboid and breaks that down into cubes to build that understanding between that this cuboid is just a load of smaller cubes put together. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of the teach phase, is this where we'll even volume of a cuboid? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, mean, ultimately, we end up at, I mean, the, the quick way is to multiply the height yeah. by the length by the width. Yeah, I always think, like, going back to your point, like, if if students have a really good understanding of what volume is, when we're teaching volume of cuboids, we're essentially just teaching them more efficient ways of finding out volumes of cuboids because they kind of know how to find the volume of things by counting cubes. Where we're essentially showing them, yeah, there are faster ways, there's different ways, there's more efficient ways. Right, so we'll transition out of the teach phase and next we'll be looking for pupils to do. Now that we've talked about the teach phase, let's talk about do. In the do phase, pupils are simply replicating what they've been shown. In most cases, this is likely to be a procedure which leads to a solution and complements the teach phase by allowing pupils to develop confidence and fluency in working with the new procedure. The teacher is responsive to pupils, amending their model or example to make stronger connections in pupils' schema and maintaining pupil motivation by giving them success at every opportunity. The aim is for pupils to be successful in replicating the novel idea, but it's important to state that meaningful learning hasn't yet occurred. So the do phase is just about replication. And my favorite way to do this is to use example problem pairs, alternating between teach and do, teach and do. So you tell them something and have them replicate on many whiteboards, giving instant feedback and building on what's landed. Johnny, anything to add? Um, I mean, other than the actual making sure they've got cubes in front of them in the initial stages, I think all too often we maybe go to the abstract a little bit too soon here um, and we assume that kids know what we mean by volume. But if they've actually got the cubes, um, it's 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 a real sort of bonus to have that. Obviously, you get the... Um, the behaviour issues that come along with that sometimes with multi-link cubes, like we've all we've all told pupils to stop making guns and stuff with cubes. But I think um, on a more general note, I think just using these things regularly in the classroom promotes normality. So um, just like mini whiteboards, when when they were first used, students would, would draw all sorts on them. But if you use them regularly in a class, then it's it's 
it's kind of those things, the novelty wears off and they, and they become your more as a, a useful tool in the classroom. Great. So we've, we've used example or problem pairs to build up this knowledge. Uh, pupils can literally do what we've shown them. We're happy that they're confident with it and that they've developed fluency. And then I like to give them some sort of activity just to, to give them something to work on independently. Um, slide seven shows a set of increasingly difficult questions uh, that you and I have worked on. Uh, anything to to add yeah. to, to that? I mean, Dave, you're being generous there. You basically made the task, and then um, I I suggested a few few tweaks. But I do I do love the I, lo- I do love linking mathematics together. So the fact that if you look if you take the time to study this worksheet, that all the questions are kind of linked together. There's essentially two two cuboids in this in this whole sheet. And then they're all linked to various calculations. Or if you go further on down the sheet, you can see those triangular prisms towards the end. And I think that's a really important thing. We don't want, and I said from the beginning, we don't want pupils to just think volume of a cuboid times three lengths together. So if you look at question G, you can see we've got more than three lengths labeled on the cuboid. And then if you look at some of the later ones where you've got the triangular prisms, which are purposely exactly half of the volume of the of the cuboid so we want students to start making that link that hang on okay if i want this area of a triangular prism then it's it's the volume of the cuboid halved so um i do really like this task um yeah yeah i think that we run the risk of uh people developing this idea that volume is just multiply everything together and questions g h and i discourage that from happening absolutely yeah Right, so now that we've worked through the teach and do phases and pupils have developed this fluency, we're going to segue into the practice phase. In the practice phase, pupils move beyond simply performing and begin to develop more flexible knowledge of the idea. Unfortunately, it's quite common that a maths lesson doesn't get this far. Pupils tend to perform with a new idea, but don't form connections between the novel idea and their existing schema, and this affects retention in the long term. Through teach and do, pupils are now fluent with the procedure for calculating the volume of a cuboid, so we're now directing their attention to underlying structures, relationships and principles, bringing about strong connections with prior knowledge. We're looking for well-structured and intelligently designed tasks that will aid pupils in forming links with their existing schema. So, Johnny, I've put together this change one thing activity on slide eight. Do you want to add any thoughts about that? Um, when you first showed it me, I was like, it's, it's, it's a very nice task. Um, I'd be, because this appears in the curriculum before things like prime factor decomposition and stuff, I would be a little bit wary, like I'd just get carried away knowing me and, and, and start talking about prime factors. So I'd, I'd try and resist that temptation. But yeah. It's very hard to do this task without linking it a little bit towards that. I might potentially, um, depending on the class I've got, I might potentially choose slightly smaller numbers to begin with. Like you've got the four times six times five is 120. With a class that needs a bit more time, you might want to start with a slightly smaller volume cuboid. But essentially, I love the idea of, okay, change one of the lengths and can you double the volume? And does it matter which length you choose? Well, you can double any of the lengths. And doubling any of the lengths will double the volume. And I'd hope that this would promote discussions like a Van Gogh. Um, th- that classic, oh, if you double all the lengths on a cuboid, what happens to its volume? And kids might say, oh, the volume doubles. But if you actually 
talk about it while doing this task. If you double every length in this cuboid, you're not doubling the volume, you're multiplying the volume by eight. So you, I just like the way that this task gives you loads of opportunities to have these interesting discussions, linking it with areas of maths, which are much later on down the curriculum. But it, it just, that's the, way, that's the way I teach, I guess. I, I like to have these discussions and just just see where, see where, see where, see where you can roll with it um, without going too far outside the scope of the objective, obviously. Yeah, I just think that the activity on side eight gives pupils a chance to to develop some deep understanding of what volume of cuboid is and and how. I mean, it's intuitively, it, it kind of makes sense to a, a 10 year old or, you know, a, a 13 year old that if you double all the lengths, the volume mm-hmm. doubles. And yeah. that that wow moment of realizing that, whoa, whoa, that's that's not true. That's quite powerful. And it's it's nice just to be able to to do this early on. Yeah. Because I was going to say you've got those kicker questions at the end as well, which are, will keep people entertained for a while. It's not some nice stretching challenge you've got towards the end of the task as well. Great. So after pupils have developed this deep understanding and formed strong connections, assimilating the idea of volume of cuboids into their schema, we're looking at them behaving mathematically. In order to develop mathematicians, this phase is the most important of all. We deepen understanding through behaving mathematically, and when behaving mathematically, maturation matters. Tasks are chosen from well-embedded and mature ideas that connect to the novel idea. A good rule of thumb is that this kind of maturation takes two years, so we're looking for pupils to transition from specialising to conjecturing and generalising through to analysing and reasoning with a related idea from two stages previous. Now. For volume of cuboids, we've put together two tasks, or we've curated two tasks on slide nine and slide 10. Um, Slide nine is something that I put together, and it's about four cuboids that can be used with a fifth cuboid to form a cube. Now, we were discussing this before we started recording, Johnny. What would you like to share about that? Well, I I like the idea. This is the sort of task where, again, you could could kind of run with it. So essentially, the task is you can see you've got this three-by-three cuboid sorry the three by three cube so you, you could make these shapes out of link put it together and you could physically see the shape of the other cuboid that you need to make the cube which is nice and then you can link it to more to the abstract well we know it's going to be a three by three cube so we need an we, we need 27 cubes in total so let's find the volume of these four that we have got and work out the volume that's remaining and make sure the two link up together but then i like the idea that like this sort of task you can extend massively you could say okay imagine if you had say a 10 a 10 by 10 by 10 cube can you split that into five cuboids for example and tell me and write down the dimensions of those five cuboids which fit together to make a 10 by 10 by 10 cube now i'm sure you can do it and i don't know how many ways you could do it but you can see it's, you could easily extend it to a, a nice open open-ended investigation yeah and and so this is the behave activity that would be sort of suggest that that teachers might use in this learning episode but slide 10 is is something slightly different. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so 10 is, I mean, there's, there's no getting away for it. Volume of cuboids and, and prime factors are sort of like intrinsically linked. So when you have done prime factorization, um, a task like this, which I've done um, quite a few times now, is, is really nice. So essentially, um, you, you're working out the volume of this cuboid. 
but you're not getting an exact numerical answer for, for the volume. So you've got this volume, 28 by 66 by 15, this cuboid. And to work out the volume of that, it's probably a calculator job. Even. Um, but the reason I really love this task is that you can find the missing length without having to do the long multiplication by using prime factors. So if you break down the length that you do know into its prime factors and then compare it with the other cuboid, then it's just a case of comparing missing prime factors. So you can get to the answer really quickly without having to do any long multiplication. And then you can ask the kicker, okay, how many different cuboids could you form with the same prime factorization? So you're bringing in, you're linking it all together with prime factors and it's about developing efficient, quick ways um, to, to do maths, which is essentially what we what we always try and do, isn't it? We, um, I remember um, Paul, is it Paul Lockhart, Lockhart that wrote Arithmetic? He's got a nice little sort of sentence in his book that says, basically, it's about mathematicians trying to do the most work with the least possible effort. And that's what maths is, maths is about. Yeah, I really do like the task on slide 10. Uh, I've used this last year with the year seven class. And um, they were really engaged by it, firstly. But then part B was um, how many different cuboids with integer length sides have the same volume. And that's a strategic listing thing until you then link that to the product rule for counting. Mm. And then that becomes a lot more simple. And what we're doing is we're, we're exposing our pupils to, to mathematical ideas, which are probably beyond the scope of, I mean, this isn't volume of a cuboid for now. We're saying that this task comes in two to three years down the line. Yeah, the end of prime factorization, maybe. Or, but yeah. it gives us a chance to expose them to the product rule for counting early as well. Yeah, when we come back to that as well. Oh, remember those cuboids we did back in year seven? Now we're doing product rule for counting, yeah. And I think that's really, really powerful. Absolutely. That's a wrap for this episode of Teaching Together. Remember that you can check out the entire curriculum for free at CompleteMaths.com. That's over 1,800 objectives from counting to calculus. We hope that you've taken a lot from this episode. And if you have any questions, comments or thoughts, don't hesitate to get in touch. You can do that on Twitter. My handle is at TaylorDear01. And mine's at StudyMaths. Or you can get in touch with the Complete Maths team on at LaSalleEd. Or you can get in touch with us via email. I'm Dave at CompleteMaths.com. I'm Johnny at CompleteMaths.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review on your chosen podcast provider and please feel free to pass the pod to both colleagues and friends so that we can all improve our teaching together. Until next time, take care. Take care.